Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. tell you a story. Amen. I hear that. I want to tell you a story uh, to kind of illustrate kind of something we prayed in tonight. Um, I was in uh, I was in Taiwan, and um, the first time I met this couple, they're a very influential couple, uh, significant couple. They uh, very very uh, very just a very significant couple. And uh, they weren't saved, and um, uh, I got the chance to minister to them and just kind of, you know, what I do, I just kind of lay my hands on them, and I'm getting feedback here, I, um, and I just prophesy over them, and uh, the husband was just kind of amazed, because I said, I see you driving a red car, and I see that God is about to put his foot on the gas and accelerating you, and your business will accelerate, and you're going, going to go into um, even greater overdrive. And then I was talking to his wife. His wife was just weeping. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I remember the red car. And so I find out that he is the Ferrari dealer for all of Taiwan. And that he, in his building, he has a Ferrari-shaped elevator that's red. He drives a red Ferrari. So it was a really great thing. And so we just greeted them, loved them, and, and off they go. The next time I go to um, Taiwan, I'm, I get to go to their office, and they're having lunch for us, and my wife is with me, and we're just meeting. They're really a wonderful couple. And so um, the wife, her name is Renee, and I say to Renee, Renee, how are you doing? And uh, her husband, uh, Vi- I think his name was Victor. I, I may get that wrong, but um, anyways, he was in a meeting. And so I said, how are you doing? And she goes, good. I said, hey, how what did you think of that prophecy that I gave? She says, oh, she says, Gary, uh, she says, I have listened to that 40 times. I said, wow, that's a little excessive. In my mind, I said that. (laughs) She goes, every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm being healed. And I said, well, that's excellent because that's really what the word of the Lord is, is that the word of God brings healing to you. And she goes, Gary, I had a dream. And I said, really? And she goes, it was in three parts. And I've tried to psychologically go to counselors. My husband and I have tried to figure it out. And we can't figure it out. And she said three parts. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, past, present, future. That's all I heard. Didn't hear anything else. So I said, well, why don't you tell me the dream? So, you know, I'm I'm Daniel now. I'm the dream interpreter, you know. (laughs) And so I, I said, tell me the dream. And she told me the first part. And I said, you know, Renee, this has to do with you and your mom. And, you know, kind of unpacked as she starts crying. Yes, Brian, that's exactly how I feel. I said, well, that's great. You know, just kind of let's pray into that. So we prayed over her and, you know, kind of go to the next step. I said, tell me the second part. She goes, well, this second part. And I said, well, that has to do with your husband and his father. And, you know, they keep going around in circles and there's problems. She goes, that's right. She says, he's coming in right now. you got to tell him. So in walks her husband and their daughter. And so I start telling my, I said, I, I can't remember his name. I think it was Vincent. It was Victor or Vincent. So I'm having this conversation with me. He's laughing. He goes, that's right. You know, my dad and I are having problems. And, 
And, uh, and then I start prophesying about his business and just kind of giving him details. And I'm, it's just a conversation. I'm not going, yeah, the Lord was saying unto me. I'm not doing that. I'm just talking to him. And that's where I said this morning where his daughter said, who are you? You were just sitting in our meeting. Everything you just said is exactly what we've been strategizing for the last hour and a half in our meeting. And then she goes, who are you? And then I prophesied over her, and then she's like, you're freaking me out. Like, I was, I was messing with her, right? She's a young girl, 24, 25, and just reading her mail, you know, just kind of, you know. So anyways, they have to go to another meeting. So off they go, say, God bless you. We never got to the third part of Renee's dream. So I say, Renee, you didn't tell me the third part. She goes, oh, I can't tell you. I said, why not? I said, I told you the first part. And I said, listen, what God told me was the first part is your past. The second part is your present. And this has to do with your future. Wouldn't you want to know what God thinks about your future? And she goes, I can't tell you. She says, I'm a Buddhist and I like being a Buddhist. I said, it doesn't matter to me if you're a Buddhist. I want you to know what God thinks of you for the future. This is God's plan for you. She goes, Gary, I really like being a Buddhist. I said, it's okay. I'm good with that. I'm not trying to change your, your religion here. I'm just trying to tell you what God thinks about you. And she goes, and I said, look, you don't have to tell me. No, she goes, I want to tell you. <laughs> she goes, Gary, it was just three words. I said, well, what were the three words? She goes, I like being a Buddhist. It's okay, Renee. She goes, the three words were, become a Christian. <laughs> now, we talked to her about the Lord, you know, and she wasn't ready because she really liked being a Buddhist. So I said, like, your pastor's here, a pastor friend of hers. I said, why don't you just work with him over the next year and just let God kind of figure it out. God spoke to you. And uh, so since then, she's, all her friends are Christians, by the way. And she's now in a Christian Bible study, and uh, she's doing really well. And I'm going back to Taiwan in February and hoping to hear that she'll be a believer by then. I'm saying that to say, never doubt that God is a big God, and God can speak to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister. <laughs> He could do it. We have, we have some, a young couple who were in Jordan working with Syrian refugees. And the Syrians regularly came to them and said, I had a dream of a man in white. Who is this man in white? I just got an email from them today. They met with a, a lady whose husband was killed in the Syrian war. She had five grown children. They sat with her. And, and she was asking them questions about who this Jesus was. And she said to them, I had a vision of this man, Jesus. Please tell me more. So listen, God can reach anybody. So tonight we prayed into some prodigals. Let's believe that this year would be the year of prodigals coming home. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. All right, let's, uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to talk about faith again. And what I want to talk about, would you say stepping over? Because that's really where we're going tonight. You need to step over. Would you see in, right in front of you, before you, there's an imaginary line. And that line is a demarcation line. It's a line that God is asking you, would you be willing to step over? You see, faith is about stepping over. It's about moving into new places. Uh, last night, some, how many were not here this morning? 
Where were you? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, last night, just to give you an idea, last night I said to the group, I said to the church that I had a desire that at one day I was going to go to Korea. Did you remember hearing me saying that? And one day I'm going to go to Yungi Cho's church, right? The 800,000 member church and go up to Prayer Mountain. But I, I really only knew one guy and I was going to meet him in February and he said, we're going to kind of talk, maybe we'll look at maybe 2021 and maybe even a little later, because he, he doesn't know me, he's just kind of a contact. And, and so last night, I, I, I declared, I'm going to go to Korea. When I woke up this morning, there was a text waiting for me, and the text was this. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome text, actually. He goes this. He goes, uh, where, where am I? I'm just, oh, he says, Hi, Gary. How you doing? This is Charlie from Korea. Hopefully, it's a good time for you to talk. I was sleeping. <laughs> but wanted to continue the conversation about coming to Korea. These, day, these dates are okay with you. Are these dates okay with you? And he looked on my schedule and found a date that I was free. And he said, these are the dates my friends and I found available. Hopefully, these dates are fine with you. Let me know when you can. Um, and then he said, give me other dates. I said, Charlie, those dates are great. He goes, that's great. We will see you then. Come on. Usain Bolt is considered one of the greatest runners of all time. Greatest Olympians, actually. He's considered the greatest sprinter of all time and a world record holder in the 100 meters, 200 meters, and four by 100 meter relay. An eight-time Olympian gold medalist, Bolt won the 100 meter, 200 meter, four times 100 meter at three consecutive Olympic Games. He's an 11-time world champion. He won consecutive world championships in the 100, 200, and four by 100 meter relay gold medals from 2009 to 2015. It's incredible. With the exception of a 100 me um, meter false start in 2011, he's the most successful athlete of the world championships, was the first athlete to win four world champion championship titles in the 200 meter, and is the joint most, most successful in the 100 meter with three titles. Usain Bolt, in the 2017 World Championships participated as the anchor runner for the Jamaican 4x100 relay team. In what many expected would be his final race, Bolt collapsed to the track after an apparent hamstring injury. But he refused to get in a wheelchair and crossed the finish line with the assistance of his teammates. He determined to cross the line. And when I read that word, cross the line, I wanna I, I'm, I'm big on definitions. Let me give you what I think cross means. Cross means to move from one side to the other. Would you say that? One side to the other. It means to pass over, to pass through. It's an intersection between two lines. Would you say pass through? See, some things you just got to pass through. You gotta cross over. You gotta get from one side to the other. How many feel like you're on one side but you need to get to the other side? 
Maybe God's been challenging to go from one place to another, and you got to be able to do that. Listen, the word line is an indication of demarcation. It's a boundary or a limit. All of us, every one of us, including myself, we're all faced with certain lines that need to be crossed. You know, some lines you don't cross, but some lines you should cross. And the ultimate line, obviously, is the finish line that we all cross and we, we, we stand before the Lord and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? We all want to cross that line. But the really, the, there are, there's also one that there's the line of faith where we step from one side into another that releases supernatural grace and power in your life. Amen, Gary. What I found in my own life, I'm just being real, is there's certain obstacles to crossing lines. Let me give you a couple. Number one is things outside of your own control. Things outside of your own control. Your life will have setbacks that will require determination and trust in a God who is able. I've ha have, has anybody here, or is it just me, have you had things outside of your control take place in your life? Right? You know, you get fired from a job or something un unexpected. You have a heart attack. I had a heart attack in September, and, and that was kind of out of my control, you know. And uh, what do you do in a moment like that? What do, you, what, do you, what do you do in those moments? Here's another one. How about people in your life? There's certain people in your life that can be obstacles to crossing line. What I found, I wrote, I wrote these two books. My first book was called Transitions of Life, and it was detailing a transition that I went through and kind of some of the things I learned. My second book was called Say Yes. And, um, and so my first chapter was say no. Because what I found, if you're going to say yes to God's good things, the things that God has for you, you have to say no to some things. You have to have a definitive thing that says, I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to believe that anymore. And in some cases, I'm not going to live with those kinds of friends in my life anymore. Because if I don't, remove myself from that relationship, I can't cross over to the place where I need, need to go in God. Because some people will never go where you need to go. Did you hear that? But you're hanging on to them, thinking they're going to come with you, and they have no intention of going with you. So if you're going to cross over, you've got to walk away from them. Here's number three, is attitudes within yourself. If you don't deal with the attitudes in yourself, church, you'll never cross over into the promises that God has for you. I've got to tell you, there's some mindsets that some of us, we have. You've got uh, to overcome the past way of thinking. It's like uh, I, I was sharing, I think I shared it this morning. If I shared it last night, just put up with me, okay? Uh, um, but uh, did I share about the lady who told me there was books in me? When did I say that? Was this morning or last night? Last night. In that, in that moment when that lady said, there's books in you, and God had already spoken to me, I had mental barriers in my mind. I had things and attitudes in my heart that could literally prevented me from even believing that I could do that. And I remember the struggle. I remember the pain. I remember the, the, the decisions I had to make to say, I'm going to step over. The moment I decided I'm going to write 
right? Like I didn't know how to do it. I have no clue. The moment I did it, a girl in my church at the time walked up to me and said, hey, if you ever decide to write a book, I'm an editor and I can edit your book for you. I can make all the grammar right. I can make all the spelling right. And it, it could be awesome. I was like, what? <laughs> I had determined, you know, my wife had pushed me a little bit, but I had determined I'm writing a book. And, and I had got the first chapter, and I, I just didn't think it was good. And, I, I, you know, and she came up to me and said, hey, uh, send me it if you want. Like, she didn't even know I was trying to write a book. But somehow, God sent the person to help show me, hey, you've crossed the line, and now I'm, I'm going to provide all that you need. And then I had three or four people come up to me and say, hey, just send me your chapters. I'll read them. I'll tell you if it's good. And then I realized it took a community for me to write my books. So God in his wisdom knows what he's doing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Listen, the past way maybe of a way you evaluated things or the past way you lived, you've got to be able to cross the line. Listen, some of us, we might be stuck in our failure, maybe even some sin or discouragement of the past. You'll never go forward into the new thing God has for you if you're not willing to cross the line. I, I found this. It's so easy to live in comparison to the past. Anybody like that? Or am I the only one? Listen, you gotta, you got to move past the past. you got to be willing to let go of the past. Here, here's some lines I found, and we're going to look at, are you in Hebrews 11 there? Okay, would you turn there, Hebrews 11? Let's just read a couple of verses, and then we're going to pull out of these verses some of the things, uh, what I would call lines we need to cross over. Hebrews 11. Verse 8, by faith. Would you say by faith? by faith? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Listen, sometimes God is going to call you out of a place and you're not going to know where you're going. You just know you can't stay in the place you're in. That's called faith. God didn't tell Abraham where he was to go. He just told him where he couldn't stay. Amen. Give a good point. Hallelujah. Okay, let's keep going. It's all right. By faith, watch this. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky and the multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. You know that that's us, right? We're the children of Abraham. We're the seed of Abraham. The promise that he saw that God prophesied are sitting in this room today. Amen. Amen. We're the seed of Abraham. We're the promise of, of Abraham that God promised. The sand, seas of the sand or the sand shore, whatever, whatever that says there. All right, here's the first one. First line you got to cross is the line of the unknown. You got to cross the line by faith. Even though, it says, even though he did not know where he was going. Listen, God will always require us to step beyond the present realities into our future. There's an inheritance, the Bible says, that God has stored up for us, 
but God, and God wants us to bring, bring that. He wants to bring us into that inheritance. And let me just say this. He wants to bring even lost inheritances into our life. But you've got to be willing to step into the unknown. You've got to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. God told Abraham where he couldn't stay, but not where he was going. See, the life we live must be in constant dependence on the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. Church, listen, if we're going to do anything, we've got to be dependent on the Holy Spirit. The fear of the unknown will cause you to be insecure about family, finances, employment, or health. Our basic need, listen, is you've got to trust and obey God. If you're going to cross lines, if you're going to believe in faith, you've got to cross the line of the unknown. In 2011, I felt like the Lord said, you're in transition. That's a big word. I had no clue what that meant. But I knew this. I could no longer stay on the staff that I was on. I'd been on that church staff for 17 years. The Lord said, it's time for transition. I didn't know what to what. I just knew I couldn't stay there. And, and so literally, within a year, I was off the staff and trying to figure out my life. God was, like, I, I knew that God had a plan for me, but literally for the next year, for, so, so 2012, 2013, 2012, 2013, 2014, I didn't have a job. I worked, but I didn't have a job, full-time job, didn't go to a, to a daily job. I lost a good paying salary, and my wife said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. God told me to, you know, rest. And God told me to wait and trust him, and so I'm going to trust him. She goes, you're going to what? <laughs> so I'm going to trust him. It's the unknown. I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm getting somewhere. See, I had an encounter with God, and God spoke to me, and, and this is the thing that he said to me. He said, Gary, I am in control of your life. That's the first thing he said. Second thing he said, I am the God of the open door. And the third thing he said was, you need to rest. I am the God of rest. And so I'm in a worship service. I know this doesn't happen to you guys because you're all great worshipers, but I was doing this. You know, you know, like we're singing a song, you know, what was that song again? Um, uh, you know, whatever the song is, okay? So I'm singing, I exalt thee. You know, the worship, everybody's worshiping. You know, I'm going, I exalt thee. But in my mind, I'm saying, Lord, I'm having a problem here because I don't have a job and, um, you know, I don't have any money and I exalt thee. And I know you said you're in control of my life and I know you said, and I know you said, but Lord, I don't have any money. I exalt thee. Does anybody do that? Yeah. Oh, okay, good. So that's exact. I'm just being honest. That's, I'm doing that. And, and so the Lord says to me, like, you know, Gary, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in control of your life. And I had this conviction. God spoke, I'm in control of my life. So I'm doing this. I'm, I exalt thee, Lord, where are you? Right? And I'm just worshiping. You know, nobody knows that I'm screaming my head off inside. And I'm in the second row. And in the first row, this old man, never met him, turns around to me and says, son, the Lord just spoke to me. God is in control of your life. He's the God of the open door, and you need to rest. I exalt thee. <laughs> so I walked home, and I said to my wife, honey, this is what God told me. And I said, God will provide. Now, honestly, 
Jay can attest, I had no job. I didn't go out and apply. But every month, God figured it out. I did odd jobs here and there. You know, my friend would take pity on me and have me preach. And, you know, I just kind of do this. And it was just this month to month to month to month, month to month to month to month. Like, it, it got so crazy. Now, this, this is how crazy it was, okay? God told me to rest. So um, I won a free golf membership at an exclusive uh, golf uh, club, uh, Club Link. And I had eight or ten golf courses within driving distance of my house. So I won a free month, and it was the month of September 2014. My wife and I were coming back from Trinidad and Tobago, and she said to me, do you have anything for the month? I said, no. She goes, how are you going to pay our bills? I said, God's going to pay. He'll pay our bills. I land. <laughs> this is true. I land in the airport. I turn my, plan, my phone on, and a text comes in. Hey, Gary, this is such and such. Are you free this Friday, Saturday, Sunday to come up and do some prophetic meetings? I'll pay you this, and I'll pay your expenses. Let me know. Yep. <laughs> Next day, another text. Hey, Gary, are you free the following weekend to come to my church? I'm stuck in Brazil. I can't preach, so can you do that? Yep. Then next day, hey, what are you doing this, uh, this day on this time? Can you come? Yep. In four days, I had six engagements from all of September into October, and I golfed 26 times <laughs> that month. 26 times. Another friend of mine, I was able to he was able to win a golf tournament. He had some flexibility. This is no joke. On Monday morning, I'd finished ministry. Monday morning, we'd get in the, golf, uh, in the car. We'd go uh, early morning, play around in this course. We'd grab some lunch, go to the next course, and go golfing, and then I'd go home. Tuesday, same thing, back and forth. I mean, there were eight golf courses right in front of us. It was awesome. It was free. <laughs> it's just a reminder. See, when you, listen, when you step over, when you cross over into the unknown, you're in a place where God is. Now, I didn't do it crazily. I did it under the direction of God. But God helped me. He guided me. He, he moved me into great places. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen? See, the line of the unknown, you've got to cross it. Here's another one, okay? The line of sacrifice. Look at what he says. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. Would you say lived in tents? Lived in tents. Now, my wife has a problem with living in tents. Her idea of vacation is the Holiday Inn, right? Like that's, that's slumming it, Holiday Inn, right? You know, um, but the truth is, whenever you're about to move forward, you're going to encounter the line of sacrifice. Church, if you want to be a people of faith, you've got to encounter the line of sacrifice. Abraham, he, the Bible says he lived in tents. Isaac and Jacob lived in tents. 
So you got to be willing to make choices and to make sacrifices. You can't have success. John Maxwell said this. He said, you can't have success without sacrifice. Nobody ever achieves anything great by giving the minimum. Do you remember the story in the Bible where David, um, you know, he comes, he's, he's tried to bring the Ark of the Covenant back, and he messed up, you know, the, you know, he did the wrong thing, and then he comes to the, he comes to the, uh, the threshing floor, and, and the guy says, David says, I want to buy that floor, and, and the, the guy says, you're the king, you can have it. I'll give it to you. David says, no, 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 hang on a minute. I'll pay you full price. I'm, this is paraphrased. He says, I'll pay you full, pr full price because I will not offer anything to the Lord unless it costs me something, right? Unless it costs me nothing. I, I've got to give God something. Listen, you've got to be people of sacrifice at some point. There's a sacrifice to step into faith. Amen? You see, and the truth of the matter is this. If, if sometimes you succeed without sacrifice, it's because somebody else sacrificed for you. So I'm hoping my son doesn't have to go through a lot of sacrifice because I'm paying the price. But I recognize in some ways there's other people who have paid a price for me that help me get to where I need to go. But the truth is, is every one of us, it means sacrifice means giving up for the belief that better will come. It's an intentional surrender to a greater plan. See, sacrifice sees a future reward. He says, for he was looking forward to the city set with foundations whose architect and builder is God. How many, when you're saving for a new car or a vacation, the willingness to sacrifice is because you see the future reward? Isn't that true? I told my wife, hey, like it's our 35th anniversary this year, so we're planning to do a trip. I told her, let's just go like to like, um, you know, Tilsonburg, Ontario, you know. <laughs> She's like, no, we're going to Spain. I was like, really? Like, really? Okay, we'll start saving now. So we're saving. And we're saving because we want to have a good vacation. And so we're sacrificing some things, like her caramel macchiato. And, uh, you know, we're sacrificing that so that we can have a really good vacation. You've got, there's got to be a line of sacrifice. Um, I get to go to different nations in the world, and I, I'm always very careful because tapes are being played and, and things are being recorded. But uh, I was just recently in a nation. So I was there, and um, uh, a number, a couple of years ago I was there, and um, I met a, a pastor, and uh, I actually met his wife, and uh, his wife uh, was in distress because her husband was in jail. And, um, and she didn't know when he was going to get out. It was an indefinite time. He'd already been in jail since January, and I met her in October. And so the Lord stirred me, and I prophesied, and I said, before the end of the year, he'll be out. And um, so, you know, she prayed, and she was real nervous because she didn't know if she was being followed, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, you know, I leave. I go home. And so the next time I'm back, oh, well, actually, on December 24th, I get a text saying, he's released. He's home for Christmas. And so it's a sovereign thing. And um, over a, just a simple thing, he just wrote um, the officials and said, please stop removing crosses from our churches. They said, okay, it's time for you to go to jail. <laughs> 
And so I sat with him. He got released, and I was there sitting with him. And, and this is the, the, the most humbling thing. I was sitting waiting for him, and he walked in, and he knelt before me with tears in his face saying, I've waited to meet you because you have a word for me. I was like, dude, how about you pray for me? Like, I'm not the one going for prison here. And so, you know, I stirred myself, prophesied over him, and he's weeping, going, that's the word of the Lord, that's the word of the Lord. So I said to him, I said, tell me, tell me what happened. Like, what happened when you went there? And he said, the first time, when I got there, first thing they did is they stripped me naked. He said it was pitch cold. It was the middle of winter. He said there was no blankets in the cell. It was just a cold floor. There's no beds. The cold floor, damp. And he said, they gave me these prison regulations. And he said, you have to memorize them before you get your clothes back. And you have to recite them to us. I said, how long did that take you? He said, three days. He said, but I was fortunate. He said, my Bible memorization helped me. Other, other people, it took them five days. You know, really, like, just giving up a little bit to maybe reach somebody in your neighborhood is a small sacrifice than what this guy's paying. Right? You know, it, it, what, what's the line of sacrifice? If we're going to step into faith, you got to be willing to sacrifice something. Abraham, he, he was living to live, willing to live in tents. Willing to take some steps of faith. Here's another one. Uh, the line of the temporal versus the eternal. Watch this. Hebrews 11. It says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. See, if we're going to be effective in our new season or the next season of our journey... We have to understand the power of the focus. That you can't focus on the temporal, you've got to focus on the eternal. Can I just say that a person will ultimately move in the direction of his most dominant thought. What's your most dominant thought? I can tell you the direction you're moving in. And, and the truth is, is we, we look for instant gratification, but Faith requires us to look into eternal realities. Eternal realities. I'm going to finish by giving you what I call decision points of faith. Okay? Listen to these points, okay? You got to decide to step out in faith. Come here, brother. What's your name? Mike. Mike. Stand here, Mike. I'm going to use your bottle for a second. Okay, okay just over there. Yeah, there you go. Okay, this is a line. Okay, just move back a bit so we have a little bit more. Okay, this is the line. Now, Mike's on this side. And God's over here saying, Mike, buddy, I got way more for you. I've got some new ideas. I've got some new opportunities. I've got some amazing things for you. Can you see the mic? I think so, Lord. Step over the line. Now, at this point, Mike has a choice. 
He has a choice to cross over the line. Cross over, Mike. Hey, let's give Mike a hand. He crossed over the line. Now, it, the promises are here. But Mike's chosen. You've got to decide. You've got to decide to cross over. There is no, listen, there is, you, you can choose to stay where you are. But if you want to get into what God has for you, you've got to choose. Thank you, Mike. You can pick up that bottle. Come on, listen. Everyone in this room is on a journey. And we've got to live in a journey that says, I'm going to step out. I remember the scripture in the Bible in Deuteronomy. Uh, we'll share uh, a few things more about this. But there was this scripture in Deuteronomy where the Lord says, hey, you've crossed around this mountain. You've walked around this mountain too many times. Get up and get going. Can I just say this in a kind way? Get up and get going. After the service. <laughs> but listen, what's the line? What's God calling you to? What does God want you to step over? You've got to decide to step over. Number two, you've got to decide to obey. The Bible says, by faith, Abraham obeyed. Obeyed. You see, obedience is the key to a dynamic faith. Whenever you decide to cross the line, the effects of that decision, listen to me really carefully on this, the effects of that decision have generational impact. The decisions you make, you might think it's, oh, it's a tough decision, it's a tough decision. But the fact that you choose to obey that tough decision, you actually create momentum so your children, the decisions are a little easier for them. There's an impact in generations. And all of a sudden, so for instance, my son's doing things now at 26 that I wasn't even thinking of doing when I was 26. My son is way more talented and better looking than me than I was at his age. He's got way more gift and opportunity. Now, I'm not saying he still doesn't have to cross over. He doesn't have to obey. But I've, I paid, I'm paying a price. I'm doing things today so that my son can step in to his inheritance in a greater way. Your decisions are paving the way for a future generation. Decide to obey. Your decisions will affect your sons and daughters. Obedience creates a pathway to the favor of God. A couple more. Look, you got to not look at your past. Look at what Abraham did. Watch what he says. It says, uh, well, it just says this. Um, Abraham was willing to leave his past and go to a place where he didn't even know. Come on, you got to be willing to let go of your past. If you're here tonight, and I don't know who's in this room, but I can tell you this. Every one of us has a past. Everyone has issues that the enemy tries to shame you in, to, to beat you up over, to uh, put regret in your spirit that would stop you from taking a step of faith, that would stop you from moving into an opportunity to believe God for something greater. You've got to let that go. You've got to walk past that. You've got to decide, make a decision to decide. I'm going to move forward. Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. And here's the last one, okay? Decide to be persistent. Faith requires persistence. I wish faith and my stepping into faith would immediately create 
the blessing of the Lord and adds riches and no sorrow to it. But the fact of the matter is, is it takes time. It takes energy. It takes persistence. Amen? Listen, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will reap the reward. I said last night, it was a five-year journey just to get us from, you know, for our child, for us to believe God for a miracle. But it was a 28 journey to get me to where I'm traveling the world. Now, any football fans here? Does anybody know the guy named Walter Payton? Ladies are looking at me, their eyes just glossed over. I can see that. They just, they just saw pizza and chicken wings right before their eyes. So, okay. Walter Payton is considered one of the greatest running backs uh, in, in NFL history. He was a running back for the Chicago Bears. Okay? He died uh, too short, really. Listen to this. Walter Payton ran for a total of nine miles during his career. Nine miles as a football player. What's amazing about that is someone knocked him down every four and a half yards. But he ran for nine miles. But every four and a half yards, boom, boom. But he's considered one of the greatest running backs. Why? Persistence. 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 Tonight, starting here, there's a line. Okay? Actually, I drew a line there. There is a line there. Here's what I want you to do. I don't know where you're at. I don't know the issue in your heart. I don't know the thing you're believing God for. I, I, I don't know what God is saying to you tonight. Hey, did you cross over? It may be some of you made a crossover from, from not serving God to serving God. It may be some of you are believing God for something and you've lost hope and you need to step over it again and you need to believe God for new things. Here's what I want to do. I want to do something like a prophetic act. If, you're, if you would be with me. Now, I'm not saying you all have to come up here. But I'm, I'm going to say, I want everybody to kind of start a line, and I want you to just kind of cross over the line and say, Lord, I'm going to cross over this line tonight. In fact, let's make it easier for you. I'm going to draw a line right here. Okay? Not as good a line as that one over there, but <laughs> listen, come up here and cross over. Or you come up here and cross over, you come up here and cross over, however you figure it out, cross over the line. In your spirit, because I believe this, there are times when I have to look at my obstacle. I have to look at the thing that God is, uh, is asking of me, and I have to look at it, and I have to determine, am I going to cross over this line, or am I going to let this thing be an obstacle in my life? And I believe if you'll do this in faith, if you'll do this with a spirit of conviction in your heart, if you'll do it with a spirit of obedience, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you're walking into places maybe that you don't know at this moment. You don't know really what it is, but you feel God saying, yes, I need to do that. If you'll do that, if you'll cross over the line, I believe what God will do is he'll put a conviction in your soul. He'll put a, 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 a joy in your spirit that whatever comes ahead 
you'll know because God is with you and God will get you to where you are. Are you with me tonight? So listen, it, it, it's snowing and all that kind of stuff. I want to get you out early, okay, because we've got church tomorrow. But I want you to come, let, let's have the musicians come up. And, and I want you to just, like we used to do this in renewal days, and I'm not going back to renewal, okay? But listen, we used to just take these moments of prophetic act. And what I want you to do, amen, oh, he crossed over already, all right. Man, that's what I like right there. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to just kind of form a line. Jake, create another line there. And what we'll do is on the outside, you'll come down and go back into the middle and go into your seat. So I want you to just, come on, come on, let's just, we're going to have a celebration here. Listen, this is not a somber moment. It's like when you come up here, just look at me for a second. When you come up here, don't, don't be fearful. Oh, I don't know if I can cross over. Let make, let's make a celebration that you are crossing over. Not yet. You guys come on over here. Everybody come on on the outsides. On the outsides. Uh, the outsides. Yeah, the outsides. Because we're going to cross over into the inside. Listen, let's make this a celebration. And the celebration is this. I'm walking away from whatever was holding me back. I'm walking away from my limitations. And I'm walking in faith into a new season. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Is anybody with me? Listen, you're going to walk in. Now listen, I really believe this. I, I, I had not anticipated doing this tonight, but I feel this is a Holy Spirit moment, and I feel like it's going to change the dynamic of your life. And I, not, not be, listen, not because it's just tonight. I actually feel it's a God thing. And I feel like what God's saying to me, as even as a church, that you're going to feel a shift come into your spirit. There's going to be a new level of faith in your heart to believe God. So listen, let's, by faith, Step in. Obey. You got, you got to have something in your heart. Like, what are you stepping from? Where, where are you moving into? Is it a new job? Is it a new season? Is it a, is it a you know, your relationship's going to change? And, and maybe as a couple, you say, look, we're going to step over this line. We're not going back to how it is. We're going to go into a new level of faith in God. We're going to believe God to do miracles. We're going to believe God to work in our spirit. And God can do it. Amen, Gary. Good point. Hallelujah. Come on, are you with me? Come on, collectively, just say amen. amen. All right, come on, let's sing a song and then just step over. Come on, just step over. Ready? All right, wait till they sing. Start going, guys. All right. <laughs> On the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. All right. Oh, we got an intro. Yeah, let's do the intro. Because you've you actually stepped over the line. You made a decision. 
I'm not going to live here anymore. I'm going to live in faith. The spirit of faith is on you, and you're going to see breakthrough. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. Amen? Amen. Well, that was good. Anybody get something out of tonight? Anybody? So here's the thing about stepping forward. Don't step back. As you step forward, keep moving forward. Even if you don't see the next step, that's why the Lord says he's a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. I wish he was a spotlight, but he's not. So now, as you take that first step, keep the momentum going and take the next step and the next step. We're just going to pray over you and we're going to send you on your way. Service tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And then again tomorrow night at 6.30. And so can we just agree together in prayer? Father, we just thank you for the sweet presence in the room. Holy Spirit, I'm so encouraged by all the ones that took a step. And Lord, whatever it was in their heart that they took a step for, I pray tonight you just encourage them, you push them a little bit, you direct them, you shine the light just a little bit farther so they can see what the next step is. And Father, for some of us, like myself, maybe you don't show us the next step, we just faithfully step. Lord, as you have moved here this weekend, as you've moved already, we just come with expectation of what you're going to do tomorrow. But Father, our heart's prayer is not just for Bethel, but for the city of Stratford. And so Father, tomorrow morning we pray for City Gate Church as they meet together. We pray for Jubilee as they meet together. We pray for Spotlight and Elgin, Lord, and Memorial and Lord, Life Church and uh, North Park Church, Father, and all the other churches that I'm not remembering. And we pray, Holy Spirit, for a powerful move through the city. That, Lord, this city is transformed not through one church, but through your churches in the name of Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we come in agreement. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to change Stratford to make it look more like you. And do that by helping us to look more like you. And so, Father, we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And, Lord, I ask you to protect everybody as they travel home tonight. Keep them safe, Lord God. Get them home safely tonight. And, Lord, give us a rest so we can be back in the morning to worship and celebrate who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 